Local news, talk, sports, and the hits of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Kane 107.5. Good morning and welcome to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. And with that, uh, we'll kick off uh, the NFL, the AP, I should say. They announced the finalists for uh, MVP and other NFL awards uh, going around. Uh, the finding. The following, I should say, are the finalists for the most valuable player. And in no particular order, are Josh Allen of the Bills, quarterback Joe Burrow, quarterback of the Bengals, Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts, also wide receiver Justin Jefferson of the Vikings, and quarterback Patrick Mahomes of the Chiefs. So that's basically what's shaking around. They also, the Associated Press also announced finalists for the offensive and defensive players of the year, the comeback player of the year, the offense and defensive rookies of the year, and coach of the year, and assistant coach of the year. And uh, Hertz, Jefferson, and Mahomes are also the finalists for the offensive player of the year award. Offensive rookie of the year finalists include quarterback uh, 49ers Brock Purdy, uh, Seahawks running back Kenneth Walker, and Jets wide receiver uh, Garrett Wilson. Finalists for the Defensive Player of the Year are 49ers defensive end Nick Bosa, Cowboys linebacker Michael Parsons, Chiefs defensive tackle Chris Jones. As for the Defensive Rookie of the Year, the finalists are cornerback uh, Sauce Gardner, uh, Lions defensive end Hadian Hutchison, and uh, Seahawks cornerback Tariq Woolen. Uh, meanwhile, comeback player of the year finalists include Giants running back Saquon Barkley, 49ers running back Christian McCaffrey, and Seahawks quarterback Geno Smith. Uh, also coach of the year finalist uh, with regard to the National Football League, uh, Giants head coach Brian Debo, uh, Jaguars head coach Doug Peterson, and 49ers head coach Kyle Shanahan. Meanwhile, for the assistant coach of the year, finalists include Lions offensive coordinator Ben Johnson, 49ers defensive coordinator D'Amico Ryans, and Eagles offensive coordinator Shane Stitchin. Uh, The winners of each one of those awards will be announced at the NFL honors on February 9th and were voted by a nationwide panel of 50 media members who cover the NFL. Meanwhile, Mahomes 27, of course, is the former first-round pick of the Chiefs back in 2017. He was in the He's in the final year of a $16.4 million contract when the Chiefs picked up his fifth-year option worth a little under $25 million for the 2021 season. However, Mahomes agreed to a 10-year extension with the Chiefs worth Five hundred and three million a few months later. So uh, he is currently the favorite to win the MVP award on his statistics and his team performance in the past season. In 2022, Mahomes appeared in all 17 games for the Chiefs, completed 67.1% of his pass attempts for 5,250 yards, 41 touchdowns, 12 interceptions to go along with 358 yards rushing and four touchdowns. And, um, Check back on February 9th, uh, that's a Friday, I think, or the Thursday before the Super Bowl, and to see where he will uh, spend then. You know, Jeff, uh, he's just – and words coming out of Kansas City uh, yesterday, of course, when they had to announce an uh, injury report that uh, he's ready to go and raring at it. He was a full participant in practice, and 
Whether or not that's um, a guy's, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know why you would feign that one other than to make sure that the Bengals get prepared for you and you alone, uh, as opposed to Chad Henney. <laughs> it yeah. may be a different uh, game plan uh, defensively, but Mahomes says he's good to go, and we'll see You know, if he is the valuable player, if they can play without him being the Patrick Mahomes we know. Yeah, that's right. And not only that, but, uh, you know, it's important for the Chiefs to put Haney. You know, I say it's important for the Chiefs, but Haney uh, looked good uh, for the drive. He was in there. They went down the field, scored. Of course, a touchdown pass to the tight end, Kelsey. Doesn't hurt to have him in the lineup. So, uh, anyway, it's uh, going to be pretty interesting. That guy's numbers are amazing. Yes. Uh, I mean, compared to other tight ends throughout the league in uh, recent history. Anyway, uh, a little bit of news uh, with some of the other games. Of course, uh, the 49ers travel to uh, uh, Philadelphia to take on the uh, Eagles. And uh, running backs McCaffrey and Mitchell sat out practice yesterday. So uh, don't know, uh, didn't, wasn't aware of them with any injuries. Uh, I don't know, maybe that's just giving them a break and let them get fresh again. Uh, you want them uh, fresh. Mitchell came in uh, later on during the game, looked pretty good. Uh, and uh, But they sat out, of course, uh uh, McCaffrey's got a bruised calf. I think every NFL running back's got a bruised calf this time of the year. And Mitchell had a groin injury, and he sat out the session. Coach Shanahan said that Debo Samuel's ankle would set out Wednesday's session, but the star wide receiver was in uniform for early portion of the practices that was open to the media and limited uh, participant. Meanwhile, left tackle Trent Williams, who's one of the best in the National Football League, did not practice on Wednesday, getting his regular day of rest. Shanahan made no promises about the trio's availability for Sunday's NFL championship game against the Eagles, but I assure you they will be dressed out and on the field for the 49ers. Uh, elsewhere, uh, McCaffrey and Mitchell's injuries were first mentioned by Shanahan on Monday. He said he wasn't expected either ailment uh, to keep uh, McCaffrey or Mitchell from playing against the Eagles, but in the interest of caution, the Niners' top two backs are sitting out Wednesday's practice, which we just mentioned. Of course, uh, anyway, uh, McCaffrey said, I'm fighting through it. Uh, but uh, nothing bad, all good, and Samuel was a new addition. So uh, anyway, uh, elsewhere on the injury report, quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo had another extra on his broken left foot this week. Shanahan said last week there was an outside chance Garoppolo could return to practice this week. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. And uh, but that will not happen, which means Garoppolo will return only if the 49ers advance to the Super Bowl. Elsewhere on their injury or report. Per, uh, if- Brock uh, suffered a serious injury. Maybe he's dressed. Maybe he's there just in case, but I find that hard to believe. Uh, I agree with you. And uh, like we've talked about on this show a few times, they've got three pretty good quarterbacks. Uh, Trey Lance might be the odd man out in that regard. uh, But with the way uh, Brock Purdy's playing uh, and Garoppolo just – just was having a pretty good year, too, uh, until he went down with that injury. But uh, it'll be interesting to see – how that's all going to play out. So as Mahomes said, uh, as we mentioned earlier, he says, I'm ready to go. Uh, he went through full practice. Uh, if there were ever a doubt about his availability for the championship game on Sunday, he put an end to it. It's championship week, he said. Uh, uh, I'm ready to go. Of course, he suffered that high ankle sprain in the first quarter and, and there went over uh, the Jaguars. He returned uh, to the game in the second half. 
Mahomes was listed, as you mentioned, as a full participant in Wednesday's practice. Uh, Mahomes said the ankle was progressed uh, since the game against the Jaguars. It's doing good, he said. I've done a few days of treatment, a few days of rehab. Excited to get on the practice field and uh, kind of test it out and see where I'm at. But it's feeling good so far. I uh, felt better than I thought it was going to be after the game. Moving on to the during the game, it definitely hurt. But after the game, I was able to rest it and kind of ice it up and do different stuff like that. I felt a little better in position, but obviously the next morning it felt a little bit better. Then I continued to get better throughout the week. So we'll see how it feel in practice today. So uh, anyway, my home style of play had changed. You know, he didn't do any running uh, in that regard. He was kind of a pocket passer. But uh, anyway, they have to find ways to see how that's all going to turn out. Uh, of course, that's, uh, uh, I believe, uh, is... And trying to recall, is that the the late game? Yeah, it is the late game up in Philadelphia, where the temperature is going to be between fifty and fifty-five degrees. Meanwhile, in Kansas City, where the Bengals head uh, this week, it's going to be. I think I've seen in the teens, but it looks like they've uh, reevaluated that forecast, and it looks like it's going to be somewhere in the early twenties, but still cold uh, for a title game over in Kansas City. So. Uh, Interesting matchups this weekend, uh, and again with Mahomes' uh, uh, injury announcement saying that he's going to uh, going to practice. Uh, the the betting lines have changed too on that game. Uh, the Bengals were uh, a one point uh, favorite. Of course, it started out with uh, Kansas City being a uh, one and a half point pick, and then it went to a picket game sometime on the twenty third. Uh, then, uh, by course, uh, with the injury, uh, the Bengals, uh, yesterday became a one point pick, uh, and, and, uh, now I should say the Kansas City's back to a one point pick. So, uh, anyway, uh, gonna be interesting how that game's gonna, uh, fire up everyone. <laughs> and, uh, I'm sure many eyes from this area will be watching Joe Burrow, uh, again, uh, looking at the temperature again, reevaluated. 24 Fahrenheit. Will be the high during the day, so uh, with the lower nine. But, but again, uh, the sun's going to be set by the time that game kicks off. Yes, uh, but they anticipate a thirty-seven percent chance of precipitation. Not sure what that may be, uh, uh, with being snow or rain or sleet. Not sure, but uh, over at Lincoln Field in Philadelphia, it's going to be a high of fifty-three. So still, uh, pretty sure it's going to be cloudy too on that date. Uh, so uh, matchups for the Super Bowl uh, taking place. Um, looks like uh, the Eagles and the 49ers along with the uh, Chiefs and the Bengals. Uh, of course, a lot of people don't realize, I think Joe Burrow has beaten Kansas City three times out of the past three times that they've played, too. Uh, um, Including the uh, AFC Championship game last year. That is correct. And uh, the Bengals are playing really well right now. Um, Kansas City... Uh, uh, had a not necessarily an easy time, but uh, we're pretty comfortable last week against the Jaguars. Meanwhile, the Bengals—it uh, just seemed like Joe Burrow's receivers—he could have shot putted the ball to him. They were so wide open against the Bills last week. Bills uh, put up a little fight early in the third quarter, but pretty much the Bengals were in tr- control of that game throughout. And uh, interesting matchup. I'm looking forward to see it uh, Sunday evening uh, between those squads. So. Anyway, uh, they're both compelling matchups. You just hope they play that way. Too often, you think you got two good uh, battles, and 
one of them, if not both, lets you down. Uh, but, uh, again, uh, should be a, a good couple of games. It, it should be. And, uh, again, of course, we it's have to be a-, a rainy day here, a good day to hunker down. Get, get your uh, grub in advance and hunker down or go to the Quarter Tavern where I know uh, those games will be on. Yeah, and uh, those two games, uh, uh, it's, that's what it's all about. Of course, we all – it's hard to believe if it's been uh, 13 years since the Saints were playing in a championship game uh, uh, with the Vikings uh, with the kick by uh, Hartley, and we'll talk about some of that later on in uh, Bayou Sports. But uh, That may be one of the reasons why uh, the latest report is Drew Brees – I mean, Sean Payton may uh, not uh, land a coaching job. That, I've heard that, too, too, uh, with, uh, of course, everybody saying Denver's the favorite, and he could command anywhere to 15 to $20 million, which... Uh, I just wonder if the right opening didn't happen for him this year. Yeah, you might be right about that, too. And, and maybe that's one of the ridiculous uh, reasons why the demands are ridiculous. And, you know, even if he sits out this year, the Saints still get some compensatory pick or not necessarily a pick, some compensation, uh, whether it's cash, a player, a pick, whatever the case may be, uh, even if he wants to return in 2024. But again, he, he may end up uh, in Denver, who knows. But latest report suggests that uh, he may be back on TV next uh, football season. Yeah, and it quite possibly uh, the stress level, people don't realize the stress level, with regards to uh, coaching and, the, and any major sport, whether it be football, basketball, baseball, uh, it's the demands are really uh, hard. So, anyway, we'll see what Sean does. It's uh, he's, um, you know, it looks like he's, it looks like the energy's coming back with him uh, in that regard. Uh, don't know if they had a lapse with it through the with the Saints, but uh, we'll see. Uh, time will tell about that. Of course, the postseason is the most wide-open uh, championship week. Uh, for the first time in over 45 seasons, no team has plus 200 or shot of title odds. And as we mentioned, the, the, the both games are within a point, point and a half of uh, two points uh, of a spread. So uh, in the meantime, uh, for the third time in Super Bowl era, neither championship uh, or conference championship has the team favored by at least three points. That happened only twice and previously in 97 and 82. Not only that, both the conference favorites have flipped in the last week. Um, the last week, San Francisco and Kansas City were favored to win their respective conferences despite both teams winning last week. Both are now underdogs this week, and I think it's changed again. Yeah. Of course, Kansas City has been favored by 14 straight playoff games entering this week, the longest streak in the Super Bowl era, including all 12 starts by Patrick Mahomes. Now they're home underdogs but just a second time, but that has flipped with the uh, notification of how Mahomes practiced fully uh, yesterday. And uh, and Kansas City also closed as a road favorite in Cincinnati earlier this season. Elsewhere, uh, in the second time in Super Bowl era, that a team has been a road favorite in a regular season meeting and then a home underdog in a playoff match. So uh, with Patrick Mahomes' injury report status, the two teams have uh, pretty much uh, – Change. Cincinnati is 21-5 against the spread in its last 26 games, including 13-3 against the spread in its past 16 games. Joe Burrow is a staggering ready. 18-1 against the spread in his past 19 games as a favorite 
of uh, seven points. Meanwhile, Kansas City is 7-11 against the spread this season, the worst against the spread percentage by any team entering the championship uh, game since 1997. Uh, anyway, we'll see how that uh, late game Sunday, uh, Shanahan 7-1 and one against the spread mark in the playoffs in line in Philadelphia. San Francisco's won 12 straight games. They're 10-2 and two against the spread in that span, including a 61 against the spread with Brock Purdy under center. However, this would be the first time Purdy is an underdog. On the other side, Jalen Hurts, perfect 7-0 and oh against the spread as a single-digit home favorite. So uh, interesting matchups this weekend in that regard. And... Um, We'll see. Um, personally, uh, I like the I like the Bengals and I like the uh, I like the Eagles too, and we'll see how that's all going to come into play. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I, I I think the games are too close. Uh, you know, I'm I'm going to wait. Uh, tomorrow, I'll I'll make my picks. Okay. Anyway, uh, you're listening to Bayou Sports here on a big uh, Thursday morning, January 26th. We'll go ahead and take our first break. We'll be back with more. Some things about LSU that came up uh, in the last couple days. We'll be back with more right after this. Hey, guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. Landry has been traveling around District 49 talking to friends and neighbors about bringing prosperity and economic freedom to all our citizens. As we visited with thousands of people across our great district, many asked, how can we get involved in moving our district forward? Join us by going to jacoblandryforlouisiana.com where you can easily sign up and join our campaign. Go to jacoblandryforlouisiana.com and register now to join us. Pay for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 107.5. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big Thursday, January the 26th. And uh, an LSU athletic audit, uh, Louisiana legislative audit, shows that LSU overpaid uh, Coach Brian Kelly by over $1 million. And the Louisiana legislative auditor released the results of a recent audit of the Louisiana State University Athletic Department. And the purpose of the audit was to take a look at the internal controls and see if the athletic department was following NCAA rules. And some of the findings from the audit can be found. uh, uh, You can probably Google it and pick it up and find it. But the LSU misclassified $6.6 million uh, 
dollars in severance payments as uh, coaches' salaries, benefits, bonuses on its uh, statement of revenues and expenses. LSU understated one million three hundred. Uh, I should say one hundred thirty-nine million dollars, and the Tiger Athletic Foundation debt on its annual uh, NCAA financial report, which was later corrected. LSU football coach Brian Kelly was overpaid a little over one million dollars. It was one million one hundred and uh, one million one thousand three hundred sixty-eight dollars in supplemental payments in physical year twenty twenty-two. When LSU made double payments to Brian Kelly in May and June in 2022, in regards to the supplemental payments, the Louisiana legislative auditor said that in May of 2022, LSU began making supplemental payments to the coaches LLC. However, LSU also erroneously continued to make supplemental payments to the coach directly thereby resulting in monthly double payments until LSU management detected it in November of last year. Meanwhile, LSU responded to the audit with this statement. They said in November of 2022, the LSU staff members discovered an error in payments processed for head football coach Brian Kelly. Coach Kelly inadvertently received double payments over the course of several months, resulting in an overpayment. Upon the discovery of the error, LSU notified Kelly and instituted corrective payment plan through which the university will recoup its overpayment by the end of the fiscal year in 2023. The matter was the fault of the administrative oversight and has been rectified. Of course, the Louisiana legislative auditor stated that the athletic department made more than it spent in 2022 through most of the program showed a loss. After calculating revenues and expenses, the LSU Athletic Department had an overall profit of uh, $1,943,722 uh, last year. Football was a primary moneymaker. Do we have a, yeah. a call? And, that and we we'll can go take? to the phone in just a moment. But, you know, so Kelly doesn't have to pay the money back. It's been sitting in a bank account, and apparently he'll get to enjoy the interest from that uh, early payment. and whether or not LSU loses something in endowment money or whatever the case may be. It That's right. It seems to me that there should be some something that Kelly has to give back to, but he did donate that million dollars to the athletic program, yeah, too. Yeah, he did. So he did. We'll give him credit for that. Anyway, let's go to the phones. Thanks for waiting. You're in the air. Hi, I wanted to wish Linda Goforth a happy birthday. Yeah, that was yesterday. We had it, but thanks for the call. Good, thank you. You bet. Um, anyway, uh, but yeah, it's kind of interesting, too, Jeff. And uh, later on in this uh, press release, according to the Louisiana Legislative Auditor, the football program brought in $95 million in revenue. That that, that revenue, that's probably 90% more than most uh, uh, Division One teams uh, uh, make in total money for their athletic department. Yeah. And I'd be willing to bet it might be pushing 95%. Uh, and that's been the case for decades. Oh, absolutely. At and, least since uh, Saban showed up. Yep. And expenses, uh, uh, they had expenses of $59 million and ended the year with a $36 million balance. Of course, men's basketball had a $1.7 million income, while women's basketball ran a $6.5 million deficit. Other sports combined for a $22.9 million deficit. So as you can see, uh, uh, the LSU football program is basically paying uh, uh, for the other programs to ride through this. So uh, 
And at $95 million, I'd be willing to bet uh, you could probably add up all the uh, football programs in the state of Louisiana, and I don't think uh, they uh, made $95 million in revenue. Not by the attendance that I saw. Yeah, I understand. So, of course, there uh, are television contracts, and everybody's got some sort of uh, television money coming in uh, with the proliferation of games on TV, including ESPN+. Plus, but, uh, but, but still, no, that's... Silly money. It is. And uh, how many times can I recall over the past oh, dozen or so years or maybe even 20 years that the uh, LSU Athletic Department would donate a, a, X, a million dollars to the school uh, general fund? Uh, just amazing what they would uh, fork over to uh, uh, this, the general fund for the school in the meantime. So uh, LSU's... Uh, uh, program uh, in the meantime, uh, football and, that is. And those are things you look at when uh, these coaches uh, like Kelly and Kim Mulkey are getting the salaries they're getting. There is a return on that investment. There is, but. And well, it's not all state money that goes to those salaries. That's right. A lot right. of booster money and other avenues, uh, yeah. NIL kind of stuff that they uh, get too. Yeah, the, uh, the school, uh, uh, I'm, I'm sure you can have Google it. And, uh, they have to release because being a, a, a state school, they've got to release those salaries. But like you said, uh, the LSU Athletic Foundation, no telling how much money mm-hmm. is garnered uh, through that. And I know uh, an LSU Tiger fan who has season tickets has to pay a supplemental uh, fee to uh, have those seats where they maybe are or with the suites. Uh, so there's extra money to be paid besides the tickets that you've got to fork over to uh, be able to maintain those seats. So uh, in the meantime, and that's where a you lot get a of receipt these... though uh, that says you paid for Brian Kelly's new rims. You <laughs> that's know? right. You get that. Uh, it's a donation. Uh, it yeah. is. It is. What percentage of it you can write off? I'm not yeah. sure. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm sure people have to speak with their uh, uh, agent, or I should say their uh, their CPA, to see what they can and can't do. So uh, uh, in the meantime, uh, interesting. Some interesting numbers in that regard with uh, the LSU uh, football program and athletic department. Elsewhere, NBA action last night. Man, I watched uh, some of the uh, Pelicans game last night, and uh, they were playing pretty well uh, heading into uh, the end of the first and second quarters. Had a four, six-point lead at halftime, and then the wheels came off in the third quarter as uh, the Timberwolves just uh, took advantage of uh, anything and everything, and they outscored They outscored the uh the Pelicans by a large, uh, large margin there as uh, they outscored them in that game in the third quarter, 39 to 21, and they went on to uh, beat the Pels last night, 111 to 102. And uh, Brandon Ingram made uh, came back and played a little bit last night, but uh, you could see the rust on Ingram as he scored 13 points last night, played 25 minutes. Uh, good to have him back. Uh, the evaluation part of uh, Zion Williamson, that looks like they're looking at it maybe another another two weeks in that regard with him being out. Uh, they could surely use him as uh, the Pels uh, now have lost, I think, four or five in a row, and uh, things aren't looking up for them right now. Uh, but uh, they journey on the road. I want to say they play again. Um, I want to say Saturday uh, as Washington comes to town to take on the uh, Pels. Uh, of course, that's 7 o'clock uh, tip-off 
over in the Smoothie King. Uh, Pelicans are now 26 and 23, and Washington's 22 and 26. And uh, we'll see how that uh, game uh, we'll see. But Ingram, don't expect him back for another couple of weeks in that regard. Williams. Yeah, Williams, excuse me. Uh, elsewhere. Uh, Anthony Davis, by the way, he yeah. came back last night and he didn't have a rust. Came off the bench, first time since he was a rookie, I think. But he uh, had 21 points um, and gave uh, the no, Lakers guess, a spark. Yeah. I'm going to try and find, because spark is the name of the L.A. women's <laughs> basketball team. Oh, oh is it? Okay. Anyway, anyway uh, of course, the Lakers did win last night. Anthony Davis, they beat San Antonio, who's having a really bad year. Uh, the Lakers won 113-104, to 104, but Anthony Davis went down last night. In, a little uh, bit of a scare. You know, and I'm sure everybody was gasping. Uh, but uh, he was. Uh, they picked him back up and played the rest of the game. So uh, interesting. Other NBA news too, as uh, mortgage lender Matt Ishmaia is uh, purchasing the Suns from our boy uh, Robert Sarver, and he's also not only purchasing the Suns, and he's also uh, purchasing the the ladies team, uh, the WNBA, the uh, the Mercury, uh, for, for just a, a write a check for four billion dollars to uh, to be the uh, majority stockholder in those two uh, teams. Uh, of course, uh, Sarver, as you all know, got into trouble uh, with uh, his some of his comments and. Uh, uh, duties he didn't do that he shouldn't have done, I should say. Anyway, that they're trying to get this sale completed before the 9th of February, and that's a trade deadline. And uh, I didn't realize the average NBA player makes $10.8 million. I, didn't, I had no idea of what the average salary was. Average. Yeah, average. That's right. So, but but uh, part of that is some of those other salaries are bloated. And then other guys are making better than the league minimum, perhaps, but maybe not uh, quite $10 million. Yes. Anyway, Damian Lillard uh, went off last night again. Uh, he scored 60 points last night uh, for Portland, and that's the fourth time in his career he's hit the 60-point plateau. Pretty impressive, too, uh, 60 points. And it, I don't know, is it me? Is it, it, Of course, the three-point line has a lot to do with those uh higher inflated uh, uh, scores during the course of the games. But uh, it's uh, it's still pretty impressive when you score 60 points in an NBA game. And, and it's being looked at. Uh, I saw after his 60-point performance, I saw another story where they're try- scratching their head uh, on a pace for more 50-point games, individual player point games, uh, than have been in a long time. And they're wondering why this year. Yeah, that's right, and uh, I did see something of that mentioned uh, in some articles, but uh, it just seems years ago when I remember occasionally being able to watch the Jazz play in New Orleans with uh, Pistol Pete, and, uh, you know, when he'd score 50 points, that was, whoa, wow, unbelievable. Is it because it's becoming less of a team sport and you're focusing on the one guy? Yeah, that, yeah, just uh, you don't see them, uh, those guy, high-scoring guys, uh Leading the lead in assists too, but uh, consequently, sometimes it happens. Uh, uh, but most of the because they get the ball in their hands, eighty percent of the time. But uh, uh, just uh, pretty impressive. Sixty points in an NBA game. Uh, you know the athleticism of a lot of these guys is pretty impressive. And we're gonna have something about uh, scoring in uh, basketball games in and uh, uh, today in sports history. 
Anyway, time to take our uh, next break. You listen to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back with more right after this. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. The Quarter Tavern is the premier spot for live music. Most Thursdays, it's Southern Jack. And this Saturday, it's the Anything Goes Cook-Off. The Bad Boys playing at noon. Tommy G and Stormy Weather beginning at 6. Remember, never a cover at the Quarter Tavern. Quarter Tavern recently named a top 10 bar in Louisiana by bestthingslouisiana.com. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main across from McDonald's. The best ring prices in DeBerry. Domestic beer, just $2. Imports, $3 all day, every day, other than during bands and special benefits. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Louisiana. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the LHSAA and the Louisiana High School Athletic Directors Association. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big Thursday, January the 26th. And we're speaking basketball, high school basketball last night. Of course, Kane Radio uh, had the uh, Lauraville Tigers and Catholic High Panthers boys and girls last night. Jeff, which you uh, broadcast, and uh, I think you have uh, some info on those games last night. Absolutely. Uh, happy to be out there, too. Uh, Catholic High uh, s- uh, s- swept uh, the triple header. The uh, boys' varsity game, um, when I got there, I think it was 20 to nothing. Uh, in, early in the first half, they played two 10-minute halves. Lorville made it a game later, but fell, um, and that score is sitting on my desk. But uh, in the ladies' game, varsity action, uh, Lady Panthers, 46-15. to 15. Lorville had trouble scoring in the second. Not trouble. They did not score in the second half. Adeline Bouton, though, 11 points for uh, the Lady Tigers. Really carried that team. And then for the Lady Panthers, a couple of players in double digits. Uh, Alyssa Evans, even though she sat with a, got into early foul trouble, sat much of the first half, finished as the leading scorer with 12. Actually, she and Caroline Aber uh, 12 points as well couple of three-point buckets for uh, Caroline. And a uh, 10-point night for Riley Green, a uh, 7-point night for Hermione Hall. Uh, those were the big scores last night for the Lady Panthers in that 46-15 victory, but uh, again, stymied Lowerville in the second half. In the men's game, 50-39 to at, time, um, at times uh, the game was pretty tight, but 
Again, Catholic High, um, you know, Lorville uh, started to uh, shoot some fouls in the fourth quarter. Made it a game, um, 50-39, to 39, but taking a look at the leading scores for Catholic High, Caden Falk off the bench uh, with 10 points, but the leading score, Jaden Mitchell uh, with 11. Tristan Lewis added 9, 7 for Tyler Temple, 10. And then for Lorville, leading scores, 11-point night for Kylan Polk, uh, sophomore, and 10-point night for Hayden Benma, also a sophomore. Those were the leading scorers for uh, Lorville. Uh, several others got in with two to four points, but uh, big 50 to 39 win. I think that improves Catholic High's record to 11 and seven, five and one in district. Lorville nine and five now, two and four in district play there. And I think you've got uh, Friday night. Uh, tomorrow night, Delcom at Catholic High. I do that. I do. Catholic High defeated them. This will be the uh, the Catholic High home game. Of course, the Panthers defeated the Delcom Panthers uh, earlier this year in district action, A two A by the score forty five forty. The Delcom Panthers come to uh, Catholic High tonight, uh, tomorrow night, I should say, and to play another big district game. Uh, other scores in district A two A. I see one score here where Franklin. Uh, beat Ascension Episcopal over in Youngsville by a score of 59 to 56. Uh, elsewhere, just looking in the area, this was a Tuesday night matchup that, uh, took place that, uh, because of, uh, inclement weather, they decided to go ahead and play it. St. Thomas More journey to, uh, Lafayette Christian right there along I-10. The, the Cougars beat the, uh, Knights by 50 to 37 in, in that game, uh, uh, elsewhere, uh, Generet, uh, also last night lost to Lake Charles Prep. They journeyed to, uh, Lake Charles to play the, uh, uh, the, I want to say the Blazers. They, the Generet got beat 50 to 24. I'm trying to look at other action around the area. Some girls action. Uh, Lafayette Christians girls beat St. Thomas Moore's, uh, Cougar ladies, uh, 49 to 31. Uh, trying to see if I had any other scores. Of course, with the displacement, with the weather, uh, they had a few games, I'm sure, that were played uh, Tuesday evening, but some were canceled and rescheduled for last night as a Catholic High-Lorville uh, game was. But uh, don't see many other scores I've got in the a area. couple regional ones. ESA beat Midland 60-37. to so you had the Franklin game. Uh, let's see. There was one other uh, regional game. Uh, Northside beat Northwest 64-41. to 41, But not as many games rescheduled or at least reported to the Associated Press uh, for last night. I would have thought uh, in South Louisiana that there would have been a bunch of games rescheduled as pretty much the entire southern part of the state was under some severe weather threats, perhaps in the New Orleans area, perhaps they thought they could get their games in before the weather hit that far to the east. Uh, but, yeah, not as many games as I thought, and I didn't see any women's scores that you didn't already have. Yeah, uh, I just didn't see the games. And if there were, you, you know, rescheduled for last night, uh, just didn't see uh, scores uh, come up in that regard. So uh, we'll see how uh, that's going to uh, fire up. But, Anyway, in the meantime, uh, didn't see that. Of course, uh, last night in uh, college basketball uh, games uh, around the country, uh, some ranked teams. Uh, Xavier, 13th-ranked Xavier, uh, beat Connecticut uh, 82-79. Other ranked games. Uh, on a roll. 
Yeah. Uh, let's see. Tennessee just disposed of Georgia. The Volunteers have a pretty good team this year in basketball. They beat Georgia Bulldogs 70-41. to Of course, Tennessee, the number three-ranked team in the country. Elsewhere, the number three-ranked Houston Cougars traveled to uh, Orlando to play Central Florida, beat them 82-71. to uh, Elsewhere, other uh, ranked teams, Providence at number 23 beat uh, Butler 79-58. Number two, Alabama. Had a little trouble with Mississippi State last night. Uh, the Bulldogs had a chance to tie that game on a late three, but uh, they missed uh, the shot, and uh, Alabama squeaks out a 66-63 win over the Bulldogs over in uh, Tuscaloosa. Anyway, uh, pretty much uh, that on the scheduled games. Tulane last night journeyed to Wichita State and beat uh, the Shockers 95-90 in overtime. Um, trying to see if there are any other matchups. I know the uh, Cajuns, I'm pretty sure, play tonight. tonight. Yeah, over at, uh, I believe they're in Blackham. At least I've been saying that during the course of the week. They are. They take Cajun on. Cajun Dome, you mean? Yeah, uh, that's right. <laughs> they, they had played in Blackham probably in 40, 40, 35 years. Anyway, uh, at the Cajun Dome, it can be seen on ESPN+. Plus. The Cajuns are five-point pick over Troy. Uh, and, uh, of course, they're 16-4. and four. Troy comes in at 13-8. and eight. Uh, uh, The Cajuns, they're averaging 80 points a game. They, they shoot the rock. Yeah, uh, I, I, I mentioned this last week. Uh, they're top 10 in the nation in scoring in about four different categories. Yeah, so they play an exciting game uh, as uh, the Troy, uh, um, Troy Trojans come to town to take on uh, the uh, Cajuns. So... Uh, Elsewhere, uh, I'm looking for any ranked teams. Of course, McNeese State plays at Incarnate Word. Uh, UNO's at Southeastern for a game tonight. Uh, La Tech travels to UAB to, to play the Blazers. Uh, any other local uh, teams or state teams? Uh, Houston Baptist at Northwestern uh, up in Natchitoches. And uh, pretty much their games, the late games. Arizona tonight. Uh, plays Washington State. Arizona's ranked six in the country. Other ranked teams on schedule for tonight. Uh, as UCLA and USC go at it tonight. Of course, UCLA is eighth ranked in the country. They're seventeen and three, while the uh, Trojans are fourteen and six. Number one, Purdue. They're back at number one again. They're nineteen and one. They will journey to Ann Arbor to take on Michigan, who is eleven and eight in a big matchup in the Big Ten. Nichols at uh, Texas A&M Corpus Christi tonight. Nichols ten and nine. Corpus Christi eleven and nine. Uh, elsewhere. Around the uh, state looks like pretty much uh, uh, those are the games. Uh, ranked teams, uh, don't see any others than the ones I mentioned. Louisiana Monroe journeys up to uh, West Virginia uh, to take on Marshall. Uh, Monroe's 9-12, and 12, Marshall 17-4, and 4, Marshall is. Florida Atlantic, 21st-ranked team in the country, plays Middle Tennessee. Uh, so they've got some games on, interesting games on uh, in that regard. So uh Stay tuned uh, for that uh, as I'm just looking around with regards to uh, some other. I'm, saying, I'm trying to see what happened way down yonder in uh, the Aussie Open uh, while you were sleeping. Uh, no, that's tonight. The uh, What's that? Oh, yeah, technically, the yeah. international dateline. Was that? Uh, well, I, I know it was they, they had Wednesday off, I think thought uh, but i'm not sure what time is what yeah i know it's uh, of course you want you cross the international dateline in another day supposedly even though you, know, you just take a, it's imaginary line throughout the uh, pacific um elsewhere no, but- no semifinals did take place um 
And it looks like Sabalenka defeated Lynette in men's singles. All right. Now, that, that, uh, heck, I think that is that wheelchair uh, we oh, talked about. Oh, okay, okay. Never mind. Forget what I'm talking about. All right. There. In the meantime, uh, uh, ladies basketball, a huge game tonight. Uh, I think uh, Tennessee uh, is, is uh, taking on UConn, the two big uh, programs in uh, women's college basketball. And, uh, uh, those games that take place tonight, uh, those two teams, uh, and, uh, of course, Pat Summit retired in 2012 after being diagnosed with uh, Alzheimer's, and she passed away in 2016 at age 64. So uh, uh, big game tonight, of course, uh, Gino Ariamina, oh, I think that's it, uh, in his 38th season with the Huskies. Uh, they have a big basketball game tonight in her honor. Um Elsewhere, trying to see if uh, some other news before we head to another break there. Of course, talked about the uh, the awards, uh, nominations for a finalist for the certain awards in the uh, National Football League. Uh, hockey news, uh, things taking place uh, with hockey. Uh, I'm sure. When's their All-Star game? That ought to be coming up pretty soon, huh, Jeff? Uh, I would imagine. Uh, I, I haven't looked that far ahead. I it's usually though early February if not late January I don't think it's this weekend though okay uh, of course we got the Knicks and the Celtics tonight on the tube at uh, 730 they, they may be taking advantage of the off week of the NFL okay anyway uh, with that uh, the Mavericks also uh, will be at Phoenix to take on the Suns those are the TNT games for tonight as I mentioned number five uh, UConn is at Tennessee that's going to be on ESPN tonight uh in action around the uh, country. Uh, elsewhere, of course, the PJ, the Farmers Insurance Open at Torrey Pines. Uh, uh, that will be taking place today. Um, and uh, pretty much uh, uh, that's about it for uh, our area. Uh, looking through different uh, notes that I have here with regards to scores, times, teams, etc. Anyway, uh uh, pretty much it, Jeff, for uh, sporting news here and around the area and around the country. Uh, of course, uh, we'll have an abbreviated show tomorrow after the fishing and hunting show. We'll be on for about uh, about 30 minutes to talk about uh, uh, action that takes place today, last night, and any other uh, information regarding the two big conference playoff games uh, Sunday. Okay, so according to uh, ESPN app, just to clarify, tonight at 7 is 1 semi uh double semifinal and then one men's semifinal or maybe it is the final at this point um yeah it might be because like Sisipa i said and uh Kachanov yeah i'm at pretty 9 30 our time it's pretty much friday right now in australia i'm pretty sure the way as crazy as things are uh with the international dateline uh, you hop into another day. Didn't that take place in 80 days around the world? <laughs> when they, uh, uh, Phineas Fogg couldn't figure out uh, the, uh, the day they gained by, uh, or lost, I should say, gained by traveling uh, through the international dateline through the Pacific. Anyway, anything uh, before we go ahead and take our next break? Nope. Okay. Well, you're listening to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 12.40. We'll be back with more and also today in sports history right after this. I am Jacob Lander, and I'm tired of seeing Louisiana fumble away good-paying jobs to our neighbors across the Sun Belt. That's why I'm running for state representative of District 49, because bringing opportunity back to Louisiana is a touchdown for all of us. 
As your next state representative, I will work hard to expand vocational training programs so that all of our people can have the tools to succeed. I am Jacob Landry, and I am a proven job creator. All I need is your support and your vote. Paid for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. The Quarter Tavern is the premier spot for live music. Most Thursdays, it's Southern Jack, and this Saturday, it's the Anything Goes Cook-Off. The Bad Boys playing at noon, Tommy G and Stormy Weather beginning at 6. Remember, never a cover at the Quarter Tavern. Quarter Tavern recently named a top 10 bar in Louisiana by bestthingslouisiana.com. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main, across from McDonald's. The best ring prices in DeBerry. Domestic beer, just $2. Imports, $3 all day, every day, other than during bands and special benefits. Hey guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. Hi, this is Boxcar Badger, inviting you to join me and PGA Golf Professional Teddy Sliman for Chip Shots. Mondays from 5 to 6 p.m., we'll take an in-depth look at the local, state, and national golf scenes. And we invite you to chip in with your calls at 367-1240. Chip Shots is sponsored by the Coca-Cola Bottling Company, GolfBalls.com, and our local golf clubs, Eagle Ridge, Kangaroo, and Sugar Oak. So let's make it tea time for 5 p.m. on Mondays for Chip Shots on Kane. Stream us live on Kane1240.com and catch the podcast the next day. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 107.5. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big uh, Thursday morning, January the 26th. Uh, just uh, just to follow up, uh, you know, with Scott Rowland getting into the Hall of Fame uh, uh, yes, uh, Tuesday night, I should say, on a ballot. Uh, they have some of the leading, uh, uh, I guess, uh, uh, writers and uh, I guess voters with the Hall of Fame, and uh, uh, they were asking each one who was uh, who might be next on the line. Of course, Todd Helton came in with uh, the majority of Brian Oney and Doolittle in that crowd uh, uh, mentioning him. Uh, also, Billy Wagner is not far behind. Uh, of course, a former Astro, and see, Mike Wagner played with the Braves and uh, also maybe with the uh, somewhat on the West Astros. Coast. Astros? Yeah, yeah, we started off with the Astros and, and then they moved around a little bit. Astros invited his son to training camp. Really? Yeah. Anyway, uh, of course, Andrew Jones, who still has four years of eligible, excuse me, eligibility remaining to get on that uh, ballot. Uh, and it takes 75%. Of course, uh, I think Carlos Beltran's uh, probably eligible, but uh, he's been, uh, his integrity was a little bit uh, questioned with regards to the Astros winning the uh, uh, World Series in, I believe, uh, 17, 18, uh, where he, uh, uh, of course, the uh, trash can and a microphone and all that, those incidents. Uh, and then you got the big, the meat of those guys, Alex Rodriguez and Barry Bonds and all them. Uh, of course, with the uh, HGH and the steroid era, you wonder if those guys, uh, McGuire, Sosa, will ever get the necessary votes ever to get into the Hall of Fame or with the Veterans Committee uh, bring them about. Jeff, uh, those are, you know, Pete Rose comes Still to mind. Still need to get three-quarters of the uh, contemporary era voters, and I'm not sure about the old-timers, but... Yeah, just, uh, you know, uh, uh, and, of course, Pete Rose being banned from baseball, uh uh, by Bart Giametti back in uh, the early 90s when he basically, 89. yeah, he uh, lied for, what, 10 or 12 years and said, yeah, I did this, I did that. And they tell me if you go into a locker room, that, uh, 
posted all oh, over yeah, the walls. It's very clear. No betting on baseball. Just stay away from baseball. And I'm not so sure they they discourage you from betting on other sports uh, in the meantime, too. You know, at that time, I'm not sure. But, you know, I, I think it's interesting, too. Uh, he's caught in 89. When did Eight Men Out come out? Around 88, 89? That's about two. right. That's about right. That that should have been uh, something for him to see and say, man, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Yeah, and just, uh, of course, his uh, excuse was he bet on the Reds to win, you know, and uh, but, who But knows? again, that's not an excuse because, no. okay, I'm betting on the Reds tomorrow, so I'm going to hold back this pitcher today. That's right. You that's know, right. so th- there are ways to manipulate um, an attempt at a win. Obviously, at the end of the day, the, there's another team that's going to try and stop you from winning. But no, that, that's not an excuse. Well, I, I do concur with that. And, uh, you know, uh, others uh, that uh, that talked about, of course, Jeff Kent, who won an MVP award uh, during the uh, uh, the O years, uh, and that being 04, 05, uh, et cetera, of course, with the Giants and the Astros, uh, helped lead the Astros to their first World Series. And uh, I believe it was 05 that uh, White Sox took them down. Uh, elsewhere, um, there are other players out there that uh, the voters uh, we will talk about. Uh, and uh, Clayton Kershaw, Justin Verland, and Max Scheiser, those guys are uh, certainly Hall of Fame uh, ballot capable. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, Mattingly, now Mattingly, I don't think has ever been voted into the Hall of Fame. He had a pretty good career with the Yankees when the Yankees were basically down. Yeah, you know, had some poor teams and uh, never played in the World Series. And it's a, kind of surprisingly too with Don Mattingly. Of course, entered into the managerial scene uh, later years and must, uh, must have came in just after '81 and left just before. 2005, uh, oh, not, not 2005, 90, 95. 90, 95, 96. 95 was probably his last season. Yeah, and that was. They've been in the bench with the Yankees along with Joe Torre for some of those years. Yeah, though. he was. He was. And the Yankees, I, I, I just, I don't know if they, uh, did they even qualify for the playoffs in those years? I can't even recall them. Uh, you know, the Red Sox were strong uh, back then along with the Angels. Uh, uh, played in a few of their games. But um, anyway, uh just a little wrapping up of a uh, baseball course. Uh, the A's were dominating in the uh, late '80s, and yes, with Tony La Russa, you're right, with the Bash Brothers. Yeah, they had Kansas City, and you mentioned uh, the Angels, but the Angels never went to a World Series. Uh, let's see. Yeah, uh, of course. I'm trying to think of some other teams. And the Milwaukee uh, and Orioles were playing good. Yeah, in the they early were with 80s. Cal Ripken. Yep, that's right. Um, anyway, uh, other teams uh, that uh, did well. Toronto uh, in the late 80s, early 90s. Yes, yes. In that division in the east. Yeah, of course, uh, Toronto back-to-back World Series mm-hmm. champs in uh, 92 and 93. Of course, there was no World Series in 94. Uh, and, of course, the Braves, uh, the Twins, had some good teams. They won the World Series in 87 and 91, beating the Cardinals and the Braves. So, uh Anyway, um, just uh, Detroit Mattingly. had some good teams in the eighties too. That's the right. East. That's right. They won Sparky. divisions in eighty four and again eighty eight. Yeah, and Sparky and Sparky yeah. being the uh, uh, driving force after leaving the Reds, joining the Tigers, and first manager to win two World Series with uh, one in the American, one in the National League. So uh, great before his time, as they used to say. Anyway, uh, wrapping up baseball, of course, like I said, pitchers and catchers due to arrive probably in the next few weeks. Anyway, today in sports history, January 26th, on this date, 1913, 
the Carlisle Indian. Jim Thorpe uh, relinquished his uh, 1912 Olympic medals for playing two seasons of semi-pro baseball before competing in the Olympics. So uh, I think he was paid a total of maybe $25 or something like that. And what's a shame, too, is, I mean, obviously today we don't seem to care about professionals in the Olympics, but he wasn't even a professional in his own sport That's that, right. he, that he played within. He was a... As you mentioned, semi-pro baseball. That's right. Uh, that probably was passed not in the, the Olympics hat. at the time. Probably passed you know? the hat to get paid too back then. He got him back. Oh, he did, but he had uh, well posthumously. Yeah. He had passed away in '51. Got his uh, medals back sometime in the uh, early '80s. Meanwhile, on this date, in 1951, Melot Gretna, Louisiana's Melot, and Jimmy Fox elected to the Hall of Fame. On this date, 1956, uh, former Tiger Hank Greenberg and shortstop for the Red Sox Joe Cronin, former uh, American League president, elected to Baseball Hall of Fame. And on this date, 1960, I want to take a few moments to talk about this. High school basketball sensation Danny Heater scored 135 points in one (laughs) basketball game. And basically his high school coach was trying to get him recognized maybe for an athletic scholarship back in the early 60s. And uh, they just pumped him the ball. The final score of the game was 173-43. to And uh, in that night when he scored 135 points, and that is the all-time high school basketball record, uh, in the 135-point uh, night, he was 53 out of 70 from field goals. He was 29 out of 41 from free throws. He had 32 rebounds and seven assists in that game uh, as he scored 135 points. And I'm sure that particular honor will never be uh, Did he broken. get to the next level, though? Uh, you ready? With that being said. No. Yeah. So you all know, that work. And he was only six foot tall too, mm. and uh, he'd been different. He'd been Back six seven, six eight. Though. Yeah, the, probably. Yeah, but still six foot. You know, Jerry West uh, played in West Virginia, and he was six two or three. Of course, he might have weighed one hundred and sixty pounds back then. Anyway. Um, on this date, also in nineteen sixty, the Oakland Raiders entered their American Football League. Of course, uh, enough said there. 1960, Pete Rozelle elected the NFL commissioner on the 23rd ballot. Of course, Rozelle started off selling programs. Took him longer than Kevin McCarthy. Yeah, at Rams games. Uh, 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 Rozelle was selling programs, ended up moving through the chain and uh, next NFL. And I think a pretty good NFL commissioner, too. Wow, look at the growth. Yeah. 19- the merger, the television contracts, the Super Bowl. Yeah, he had vision. He did. Anyway, uh, 1963 Major League Rules Committee votes to expand the strike zone. I think it went from uh, the from the armpits down to the below the knees today. I don't ever see a, a strike called above the belt. It's you? rare. Yeah. It is rare and uh, bothers me. It, it bothers me when a guy complains because if it is an inch above the belt, check the rules because yeah. it's still the letters. Yes. Letters to the knees. Yep, it, it, that it is. And uh, in 1969, on this date, the first Australian Open women's tennis, as Margaret Court beats uh, American Billie Jean King 6-4-6-1. The reason I mention this is before then, uh, all those major tournaments, whether it be Wimbledon or the U.S. Open, Australian Open, French, you had to be a uh, amateur. Uh, that was the beginning of the uh, pros playing. They could accept money. You could not accept money. Uh, before 1969 uh, when you won those tournaments. There were amateurs winning those tournaments. So that was the opening of uh, 
the major players being paid for their wins. Elsewhere on this date, 1976, in the Pro Bowl in the Superdome, I was there. The NFC beats the AFC 23-20. to The MVP of the game, Billy White Juice Johnson. He returned a uh, kickoff in that game for a touchdown. Elsewhere on this date, 1985, Edmonton Aller, the great one, uh, Wayne Gretzky, scores his 50th goal in 49 games that year. So uh, uh, he goes on, uh, the great one. We'll have a little bit about him later on. On this date, 1986, the Bears beat the Patriots in the Superdome 46-10. to as MVP of the game, Richard Dent uh, leads the, uh, with that 46 defense of Buddy Ryan's to a win over the uh, Patriots in that game. And uh, uh, William Refrigerator Perry scores a touchdown that game. And uh, Walter Payton, poor Walter Payton, finally gets into a Super Bowl. And uh, they did give him the ball. No, that's not true. He had the, the, the series that Perry scored. Peyton had a chance uh, earlier in that series. All right. They did give him the ball again, though. They gave it to Fridge. Well, and so he scores. So um, there you go. I think it was just rubbing it in the nose, I think, more than anything else. Anyway, but uh, it's over with. Elsewhere on this date in 1991, Houston guard Vernon Maxwell becomes the fifth player in NBA history to score 30 points in a quarter against the Rockets in a win over Cleveland, or with the Rockets in a win over Cleveland. He joins Will Chamberlain, David Thompson, George Gervin, and Michael Jordan to score 30 points in a quarter in the NBA back then. Also in this date, 1991, Jan Stenerud becomes the first pure place kicker to make it in the Hall of Fame in football. Also on this date, 97, over in the Superdome, the Packers beat the Patriots again. The Patriots can't win in the Superdome. I think they did later, though, as Desmond Howard of Green Bay uh, is the MVP of that game. In 2020, the Lakers basketball leverage, and this is a date Kobe Bryant died in a helicopter crash in foggy condition in the hills of uh, Calabasas in Southern California. Of course, he lost his daughter, uh, thinking a daughter's friend, the pilot. I think there were four killed in that plane crash or the helicopter crash. Could have, could have been five. Um, the two parents and the two uh, players. Yes. I think, but I could be wrong. Anyway, but uh, with that, uh, Kobe Bryant killed on this day. A sad day in the uh, NBA. Of course, he had retired uh, by then. Birthdays on this date. 1925, born on this date, even though more of an actor. Paul Newman, of course, he was a hustler, an auto race driver, uh, a team owner of Newman Haas Racing. Uh, he was born in Cleveland, Ohio. My favorite movie, Paul Newman, Cool Hand Luke. Anyway, on the born on this date also, we brought him up a day before yesterday, born on this date, 1935, Bob Euchre. Of course, a catcher in the major leagues with the Braves, Cardinals, Phillies, and, of course, uh, an actor with Mr. Belvedere, if you can <laughs> remember that show. Of course, a broadcaster, a longtime broadcaster with the Brewers, born in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Also born on this date, 1961, the great one, as I mentioned, Wayne Gretzky was born on this date, uh, Hall of Famer with the Edmonton Oilers and the Kings of Los Angeles, born in Bradford, Ontario. Also played with the Rangers in his last year. That one last year. Anyway, deaths on this date in 1893, the guy that supposedly invented baseball, uh, Abner Doubleday was a major general in the Civil War. He also, I didn't know this, he was an inventor of the San Francisco cable cars. Dies hmm. on this date uh, in 19, or I should say at 73 in 1893. Also passing away on this date in 1932, the owner of the Cubs, Mr. Wrigley himself, William K. Wrigley, 
Uh, he dies on this date, 1932. Also dying on this date, the legend, Paul Bear Bryant, passed away on this date uh, approximately one month after coaching his last game at Alabama as they beat Illinois. I can't remember what bowl game it was. And also passing away on this date in 2001, uh, uh, was Al McGuire, of course, the basketball coach at Marquette, a broadcaster for many years, he and Billy Packard. He passed away at 72. And uh, with my quote of the day, uh, Al McGuire, as I mentioned uh, to Jeff yesterday, he says, the only mystery in life is why those kamikaze pilots in Japan wore helmets. <laughs> and Al McGuire Always holding on to some hope. <laughs> That's right. Anyway, in the meantime, Al McGuire, he came up with many uh, distinguishing. The one that I can recall always he used as, boy, you got that big aircraft carrier in the middle. And he was speaking of seven-foot centers in college basketball at the time. But Al McGuire passing away on this date in 2001. And not to take away from the quote, uh, but I know in in subsequent years, the helmets were also earpieces, yes. you know, a way to communicate, and I have no idea if that was uh, the case for but the But those kamikaze you know, pilots were just basically giving up their lives for the country. But, but they still may have had to communicate, yep. and that, that may have been one of the purposes to those yeah. um, headgear. But Al McGuire, being a New Yorker, always had something... Uh, of that nature to scream about. In the meantime, uh, that's today in sports history, Jeff, here on Big Thursday, January 26th. Very good. Once again, a reminder, tomorrow the Cane Fishing and Hunting Show. That kicks things off at about 7.10, 7.15, and then Bayou Sports at 7.45. want to thank our sponsors, Bayou Sports, brought to us by Jacob Landry, candidate for State Rep District 49, L.A. Classic Roofing, the Quarter Tavern, Kane Rowe Golf and Turf Club, and the Schwing Insurance Agency.